We are all worthy, strong, and committed, and we are ready to go beyond our own limitations. Welcome back, my friends and loved ones, to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Thor, of course, and I'm here as a friend, a creator, a powerlifter, and a provocateur. And we are here to learn to question the one thing that keeps us from our best, ourselves. Join me as we dive deep to question and strengthen our communication and our vulnerability, create a healthier mind to commit to our goals, and how to give more to our lovers and the world. We're going to face the uncomfortable truths of what it means to be authentically and uniquely flawed, but awesome humans. So, let's get rebel-minded. Also, I'll bring in stories of all things powerlifting, Thor shenanigans, and probably some embarrassing mishaps. Let's do this. What a mixed little jar of emotions. Those, those fucking things, man. Those emotions. How did the last week go? Guys, how how was how was the training? How was the work? How was the passion? How was the pleasure and the efficiency and all of the mess of things that we try to incorporate into our into our week? You know, reflecting back on this week, mine was amazingly good. There was this huge ramping up of emotion. And, you know, I think you get to a point where you start to be able to predict what is going to happen to you emotionally and in your rise and falls and the way that you act and the way that you look at things every day. And I think that's almost important. I think it I think it really is important to be able to determine to determine things so you can prepare for them maybe. I don't know. But uh I think it's good to know oneself deep enough to understand what it is that's about to happen so that you can brace and so that you can know what it is exactly that you're going to undertake and how you're going to get out of that. Because I think so many times we walk around the world being led by our emotions and, and being left in pits and rises that confuse the hell out of us because we don't really know. Like Logically, we don't see the Logic, we don't, see, we don't see the purpose of those emotions and those pits and those rises, right? I mean, it's it's easier to understand the rises. Like, of course, like I just got this promotion or I just succeeded past this number or I just lifted this weight or whatever, you know? But uh, I think we get a little bit more confused in the hard times or the times that are just gray or unclear because we always want to move forward and we always want to be better and so what happens when our emotions don't match the logic what happens when there's nothing crazy externally happening happening but internally we rise and fall like the fucking sun except not as predictable <laughs> i guess but uh 
I think it's important to, to be aware enough of yourself to understand why those things happen and to not try to predict them in a way that you can avoid them because I think it's very, very important to feel all of them deeply as much as you can and to not deflect, to not shield yourself from them, but to understand what's about to happen. And if anything, embrace it hard enough to clear it up and to see it for what it is, because I think that gets us out of it quicker, you know, and back towards things that make sense to us. But so much for that entry. Um, this is, this is 50 guys. <laughs> I'm stoked about this episode just because I made it to 50. And I was talking to a friend last night and hitting 50 episodes, having 50 recorded episodes was a hard thing for me to fathom 30 episodes ago, 40 episodes ago, 45 episodes ago. I didn't really know why I was doing it. And now that I've made it to this point, you have a hindsight of, in a lot of your goals, you have a hindsight of what all the purpose of all that you know mess was, all that hectic bullshit going on. And now I see it. So as we move forward, there's going to be a lot of new things. But I'll wait to present that until the next one. So let's dive right into this one. I'm excited about this one. Here we go. This is episode number 50. Heartbreak is your superpower. Here we are, guys. Here we are at at 50. I mean, I'm not I'm not 50. This episode is 50. And because of that, I want to celebrate or at least I want to leave it in a good direction. And that's what we're about to do. And I don't even know what that means. I'm just going to put my best out there today and we'll see where it takes us. I'm a recovering anti-celebratory, actually. And celebrating anything used to give me the shame feels. But I've gotten a lot better. Now, you guys know I can be a little serious if you've been listening through the podcast. I can definitely be a little bit preachy. I'm a recovering preacher, too. Uh, get that from my daddy Non-professional, of course. So what I want to do today is recognize the wins of heartbreak. Yes, there are wins to losing a human that was a huge piece of you. And I'll explain why, among other things. And I know by the title, you're probably like, what the fuck? How is this going to be fun? Well, we have to get through the context before I just blurt it out. And I think the best way to create connection to that positive is by way of relativity. I want you to be able to reflect and feel with me in the darkness so that you can feel with me at the end, which is actually the new, if you do it right. It'll make sense soon, I promise. But just hear me out, okay? The thing that I've gotten really good at when I'm analyzing all the things in my brain because I'm an overthinker is finding out the power that comes from pain and hardship. The power and passion we learn from the shitty situations and the asshole people that we have to deal with, even if that asshole ends up being us. As much as it sucks and as much as we all like to turn away from uncomfortable stories and emotions, I found true, like real power in the darkness. Conditioned, substantial power. 
So I want to retap into my story a little bit and tell you why you're even hearing this podcast. Not this episode, the whole fucking podcast. Because without this, you wouldn't be hearing me. I would never have the courage to do the things that I'm doing today. And I would be on such a more unfulfilling path than I am today. The RMP exists because of story. Because of a darkness and my journey through that fucking story. Ultimately, I hope that the pieces of my story can help you a bit. And anyone that is new to the podcast. I hope that hopefully you see a little bit of me and why I've brought this podcast to the platform in the first place. A lot of us, and I mean a lot of us, if not all of us, have a little child version of us. Deep, deep down, deep down. And to say this without getting too complex, our relationship with that little version of us tends to create a reciprocity, good or bad, that has an effect on our lives as we grow. And as we quote-unquote mature, we have a high probability of being immature if we don't actually deal with our pasts and deal with that little human. For example, my little guy, my little Zachary, the little water-loving otter, the one with buck teeth and a talent for drawing elephants for all of his Iwana buddies, (laughs) that little guy has been calling the shots for most of my life. So many of us think adulting is about responsibility and planning a future, and making money, and committing to a partner, and blah, 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 blah. But let me fuck that up for you. For a lot of us today, how do you really feel as a so-called adult? What does your core feel like daily? You may feel in control of your money, and your family, and your goals, but are you in control of your emotions? The closing and opening of your own heart? Are you in control of your joy? Are you in control of your materialistic satiety? Do you see the world as opportunity or opposition? Can you face people in challenge and still love them? Can you lose at life and still see opportunity and future? For so many of us, we are emotionally run. For so many of us, we think that if we control the external, then the internal anguish is just what we have to deal with. But what if it's not? What if... You could fight your way through the challenge, and win or lose, you find satisfaction. What if when you fall in love, you don't sell your soul to codependency? What if when you go through heartbreak, you don't lose yourself to depression and unworthiness? See, to me, it's the rigidity of society's adulthood that makes us suffer. It makes us give up our souls and passion in most cases. It forces us to swallow our traumas, Stop being emotional, expressively anyway, and put focus on the external instead of the internal. And it's leaving a child inside of us that doesn't get tended to. A little boy or girl who's left alone without guidance, without support, without love. It's like they're left screaming for their wants and their needs without any answer from us. And all they see is chunks of the world through a keyhole. Getting thrown into adulthood being expected to abandon everything we were for the sake of survival. Does that truly sound fair? Call it social construct. Call it the patriarchy taking advantage of our psychology. Call it whatever you want. Personally, I don't care at what degree we were taken advantage of because we have the power to overcome it. You don't always have to be a follower. And you don't always have to be powerless. (sighs) 
you can get that little human inside of you the support and love that he or she needs. And the only one that can give them such love? Fucking you, dude. Communication with our parents and our friends and our counselors and therapists, they all have their place in helping you heal. But you have to be willing to face the darkness that you've become aware of. There's no ignoring it anymore. No relationship with anyone will ever help if you can't see that our growth truly lies in questioning ourselves and answering that little boy or girl, embracing them, letting them become a part of your world. Those little peeps, they are your expression. They're the raw foundation of your personality. What do I mean? I mean that without the metaphorical embrace of your inner child, that little one is probably going to control a lot of what you do. The vibrations from our center can be super, super highly potent. But the way we inquire within decides if that potency is a real intention or if it's an emotional childlike vomit. When I think hard about who I was genuinely as a little boy, I had so much love to give. I wanted to be nice to everyone, to help, to be met with appreciation. But I had a hard father and a hard stepfather that were very rough on me. It was always about not crying, being tough, rubbing dirt in your wounds, having no fear. And after so many years of processing this stuff, I can't say that it didn't have some sort of positive effect, minimally at least. All of it does. If anything, they shocked me into realizing a risk, into facing things that are tough, and seeing that death isn't the result of every motorcycle crash or 30-foot drop off of a cliff. The only problem is that it wasn't supportive. It didn't support the character that I was. It didn't include my desires to love and be compassionate and to be afraid. It didn't include my way of learning. Both of those men were both figures creating me in their image and kind of unknowingly destroying mine. As little boys, we can all be shamed for picking flowers for mom by a swift canal full of water, scolded for crying when we jump a motorcycle for the first time and crash, when we're scared of another boy at school, and all we're left with is, quote-unquote, be a man. Boys aren't really taught a lot of these things. We're just told to be a lot of things. Long story short, the suppression of my own raw character left me timid and afraid of people, afraid of decisions, and afraid of expressing myself that wasn't allowed, or at least I didn't think was allowed. And this is how I lived in the world. Yeah, I had fun, I worked and played as a normal human, but something was, something was just off. And I would have never found out if it wasn't for my first love. I had never had anyone so genuine and wanting to love as hard as she did. And I hadn't even given her my best. I had turned into kind of a jerk before her. But because of her authentic and committed attitude, I got scared. And I inevitably brought all of my insecurity and immaturity to the surface. Everything that I suppressed from a little boy was causing all sorts of mayhem. Causing an end with a whole bunch of collateral damage. And... Women wonder why they date men that can't commit. I broke hard in every way imaginable. Have you ever had that feeling of not being worth anything? Of having no point in existing? Yeah, I think most of us have gotten to that at some point. So this was my bottom. And it didn't need to be as bad as anyone else's. It was my bottom. 
And that's all it takes. And there's something in the universe that creates so much raw air when these things happen. But you're unable to cover up. You've been completely cracked open. Every emotion flows from you like a dam that's been buckled. But here's the upside. When your life gets this dark, you can only go in two directions. There is no staying in this place. It's just too unstable. And it's not about how long you stay here. I stayed forever. I cried forever. I shamed myself forever. I felt guilty forever. It's about what you believe about yourself in order to make that change, in order to move in a direction. Want to know what got me moving in the right direction? Do you want to know what kept me from getting darker? Questioning my own bullshit, even when I hated me for being me. This is what I questioned. If there was no point in my existence, then I better fucking be able to prove why. If I wasn't worth anything without someone loving me, then how much was I avoiding loving myself? Because no one else can take that away from me. And if left alone, the proof of how much you love yourself will show itself very quickly. If the world was better off without me, then how is it that I'd made it this far without taking myself out of the equation? Or at least someone else doing it for me? Because I've given something to the world. You are giving something to the world every day, whether you realize it or not. But as the saying goes, there are two wolves to feed. So which one are you going to feed? A life isn't worthless if it's being lived. I mean truly, basically lived. Forget about purpose and passion and success for a second. Think about how many moments you've made for others. The memories that people have created in their minds because of you. The times that you've saved someone else from pain or even death. How many times have you made someone laugh hysterically, allowed someone to cry in your support, or even stood there and made them feel real about being angry at the world when they should be allowed to? When you see that impact means what you do every day for the environment and the people around you, not just yourself. Emotions are very real. They have purpose but they will skew your reality. Euphoria and depression are on separate ends, but they both do the same thing. They steal us away from what's real and what's true. This is how you pick yourself back up from the bottom. This is how you bring spark to your own dark corner. And after I learned this, it took me almost a year to learn my biggest lesson. Acceptance. Acceptance of the past. Acceptance of my fuck-ups and the damage that I caused. Things that I couldn't take back regardless of forgiveness. Acceptance of the fact that this past relationship was built more off of lust and sexuality and romanticism than it was any other sort of compatibility or paralleled life direction. Acceptance isn't meant to be devoid of pain, but it is meant to turn a chapter. I still love this past person, and I still love the one after that, to a point that neither one of them will actually ever know. Why would I still love these people? Why would I still love these women that broke me down, that I also broke, and ended in a separation? Because they helped me see everything that I was missing. And because they made things so real and so intense that they forced me to see myself. And once you see yourself, you get a couple different choices. You can close the door back up and act like you didn't see it, 
and going along with your selfish, miserable, bullshit life. Or you can throw the doors wide open, accept the fact that you're disgusted with how you've been and what you've done, and fucking change it. The one thing that I believe in this world above so many other things is love. And not because it feels good. That's the byproduct. But because the deeper it is, the more you learn, the more abrasive and raw it is, the stronger you get. And the more you connect with it, the more you experience what so many people never will out of fear. I still don't think I've experienced the deepest love possible. Not even close. But knowing what I do know now, I'm determined to experience it. To face all of the challenge that comes with it rather than fear it. The reason heartbreak is so amazing and so important is that if you're willing, it will teach you so much that you need to know about emotions, connection, empathy, true investment, and acceptance of another flawed human being. It can deepen your ability to give. It can cause you to revamp your life, lift the blindfold, and see the world more as opportunity and less as a timeline of dash marks. I don't expect everyone to learn the way I did from experience. Losing someone you love isn't always a person's catalyst. So if you think about it, almost anything can be a heartbreak. The loss of a 20-year job, fighting and surviving war, seeing deterioration of a community or a country. The heartbreak is the internal experience, not the external situation. That's only the cause. And whatever heartbreak you experience, it's going to guarantee these things. It's going to force you to question reality, force you to feel clouded emotion. It's going to challenge you to clear up the differences between the two and leave you with a new choice on which direction to partake in repeat in hopes of success, or take on a new path of discovery with unknowing risk. To really understand heartbreak too, we have to be aware of what is truly going on. Do you ever remember saying, why is this happening to me? Why do I feel this way? Why can't I get over this person? Why can't I not get over this situation? I'll give you three reasons. Oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin. Three hormones that awesome love creates. And you are literally in withdrawal of these in your heartbreak. FYI, I think these are more uniquely restricted to personal relationships and not the broad experience of heartbreak I spoke about before. But I'm also not a scientist, so you don't have to take my word for it. But these chemicals do exist. You've all heard of them. And the lack of them can fuck you up. It can take you out of reality. It can leave you in a dream world or in a nightmare. So in order to counter these, as said by many articles that I've Googled myself, that must be true because internet, it's healthy to give yourself small doses of these in order to kind of counter those withdrawal effects. Physical exercise stimulates the release of dopamine and serotonin. Most of us know that. Finding purpose and passion elsewhere doesn't leave you in a tank of wallet emotions and nothingness. Oxytocin, it seems, is the strongest connection emotion. And that's why there's so much recommendation to completely detach from an ex for a significant amount of time. We have to build up a resilience to a partner's absence, no matter how strong it gets. Because when we cave and we text them or we go back and have sex with them again, then you get hit, just like a drug. And you're basically resetting your chance at growing away from them. There are so many other amazing things you can find beyond these couple of recommendations just go out and search for them i promise you they're out there 
These are just the things that worked for me. The point is, when you hear the science, when you're aware of what's truly happening, you realize how much control you actually have. It doesn't mean you won't fail. Maybe you end up back in bed with your ex a time or two before you actually get good at it. But if that doesn't feel like enough, look what I did. After I broke up with my first love, in the span of eight months, I had dated and slept with a couple other people. I asked her to try again with me. I made a desperate, embarrassing engagement proposal at a festival that I was not even invited to. And I took back the ring from her three different times before she was strong enough to legitimately end things with me. 